The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Someone mixed messages from the government in recent times. The Taoiseach Leo Varadkar admitting we need to build about 250,000 new homes and that it's going to take us ages to actually do that. But the Tónishta Michal Martin in America yesterday suggesting that we've turned the corner when it comes to to building what we actually need. Now, the target under Housing for All for this year is 29,000 new homes. There are lots of people who say we need way more than that. Not far short of double that. And we're doing about 29,000 per annum at present. Okay, we've decided to get three guests together who are non-political. Let's keep this away from the political parties for the moment. I'm going to start with Kate English, who is uh, looking after research, is the Director and Head of Real Estate Research with Deloitte. Kate, thank you very much for being with us. What's your assessment of where we are in building and what we need? Thank you, Matt. I think, as you said, there has been a little bit of mixed messaging. If we take it just a little bit of a step back. So where are we? Where has that commentary come from, Micheál Martin? And this comes from the commencement data that was released in January of this year, which showed commencement figures of just over 2,100 units in the month alone. This is a, a little bit of an increase from where we were. But in reality, if we were to continue to see this volume of commencements each month this year, it only brings up up to 25,000 commencements in the year as a whole. Where do we expect to see completions in 2023? Because I think there is a lot of focus on we had a positive year last year, close to 29,000 or just under 30,000 completions in the year. But our commencements numbers did drop. It was just under 27,000 units. So I think in reality... You were looking at completions figures for 2023 of around that 27,000 mark. Which is less than we need. Which is less than we need. And it also is not positive to see that little bit of a fallback from where we were last year. It's less than the target delivery, which is in housing for all, but it's also left or less than that much argued figure of where true demand lies, which I think in reality is between that 40,000 and 61,000 mark, dependent on who you're listening to. And when it comes to actually commencements, how long Mm -hmm. does it take then for a house to be completed as against an apartment to be completed? So again, if we look back historically at our commencements figures versus our completions figures, you can typically apply what commenced in the year previous is what we are going to have complete in the next year. And that's why when I say there's that expectation that we will have 27,000 completions this year, it's off of that 12-month figure last year. There is that little bit of a difference between your typical housing unit and your apartment unit, which means not everything that commenced in 2022 will complete in 2023. But I think we're best off at looking at that typical 12-month lag when you're trying to predict where your completions are going. If there is this incredible amount of demand, why Mm. aren't the builders and developers supplying enough houses and apartments for it? I think this comes back to what some of the key issues in the market are at the moment. Our developers and our house builders, they want to supply the market. They are in the business of supplying the market. But the key challenges that we are seeing at present go back to planning, costs, funding and infrastructure. And those all together give us that viability concern. 
there is huge issues when it comes to the planning system. And I know that government are aware of this. They are trying to address this by looking at that uh, draft publication of the planning, development and planning bill that looks to streamline or create efficiencies within the system, which we badly need. The cost side of it is where we are a little bit limited. We do not have control on your price of steel and your price of timber. And we did see that escalate to quite a degree in the early stage of last year. Thankfully, it has come back a little bit, but we're still seeing an element of construction cost inflation. The funding element is key to this market also, because if we cannot get funding for a scheme, they will not, in essence, be able to build them. And this is back to if a scheme is viable, there is still appetite there from that funding or your lender landscape to help the developer deliver these units. But if the scheme is not viable, we're into a, a tricky situation. Again, I think government, they need to be congratulated or, or I suppose welcome for seeing that this issue is there. And this is where schemes are here. We look at the example of Cree Konaha or Cree Kinaha. This looks to try and address that cost or that viability gap. But again, there are issues within that scheme. Government need to listen to the feedback that has been given across multiple different bodies within the market to make this scheme viable that again will attract your funders to the market. So those are your key issues, planning, costs, funding and infrastructure, which together put that question of viability. Your builders want to build. Conor O'Connell is with us as well, Director of Housing and Planning for the Irish Home Builders Association. When Kate mentions infrastructure, what does that mean? Is that supply of water, electricity, things like that? Infrastructure covers uh, a vast range of the necessary infrastructure and the, ne- the necessary uh, stuff that you need on a site to construct housing units, you know, from broadband, um, public transport, to roads, water, wastewater infrastructure, and just as important, the capacity then within the existing infrastructure to cater for uh, the units that are going to be constructed on that piece of ground. So it's it's a vital piece. And as Kate has put it very, very well there in terms of all the supply determinants. Um, and if you look at all the supply determinants at the moment in relation to zoning of land, the quantum of land that's owned in Ireland, the infrastructure and the provision of infrastructure, as well as the supply of planning permissions into the house building sector, all of those significant supply determinants are very challenged at the moment. However, it is very hard to be critical of the housing output figures at the moment when they have increased by 45% in a 12-month period. And if you look at some of the other indicators, you know, in January, the applicants for the first home scheme, which seems to be a very, very popular scheme at the moment for for new home purchasers in the first-time bar market reached 7,000. So, look, there's positive and there's negative indicators uh, there as well. But certainly, we would be concerned about the supply of zoned land infrastructure. But but why, Connor, when you consider that you have tens of thousands of planning permissions which have not been activated, why would you need more zoned land when already there's permission for building on zoned land which isn't been exercised? I suppose there's two issues there uh, to answer that question, Matt. One is in relation to the quantum of zoned land. And unfortunately, the county development plans, which have just gone through their process of adoption uh, right throughout Ireland at the moment, um, their population growth figures, the obsolescence rates and other 
factors that determine the quantum of zone land in Ireland were based on the period in Ireland, the intercensus period between 2011 and 2016, which, as we know, was in the middle of a recession and one of the lowest population growth um, figures that Ireland has experienced for a long number of years. So, unfortunately, there's not enough land zone. And then in relation to the planning permissions, I've heard different figures out there in relation to the, to the number of planning permissions out there. A lot of those, if you take it from project inception all the way through the planning permission process until you then get to the stage where you have your planning permission and you then try and go and get funding, that's years, Matt. And unfortunately, over those years, the funding landscape, the cost landscape has changed utterly, and in particular for apartments. And the vast majority of you know, the tens of thousands of units that do have planning permission are for apartments and funding apartments at the moment is very, very challenging. Just on the funding, before I bring Frank MacDonald in, given that interest rates are now going up and given that investors are looking for higher returns, could it be that that particular source from institutional investors, the much-hated vulture funds, might actually dry up? Well, I wouldn't call them vulture funds, um, Matt. They're real estate investment trusts. Their, their international funds. We have a history in Ireland of attracting international investment and they're a vital component of, you know, the funding of apartment schemes in Ireland in particular over the last number of years. And it is certainly true to say that over the last number of months there has been, um, I suppose, less interest from them in funding apartments in Ireland. Frank MacDonald, former environment editor of the Irish Times and still a keen observer of what's going on. What do you make of these arguments put forward by Kate and by Connor in relation to the difficulties in getting the completions up? Well, I think that you've pointed to it already that, that the, the real fault, I think, lies with developers who've been, who've been sitting on, on ready-to-go planning permissions for, for about 70,000 new homes. And um, as has already been referred to, I mean, many of these permitted developments are economically unviable in the current climate due to higher interest rates and, and construction cost inflation. Um, and from, so is that for, the fault of the developers then, Frank? Well, I mean, it, well, I suppose it's not the fault. It's fallen. I mean, the schemes that have been designed and got permission, you know, are mainly for high-density, high-rise apartment uh, developments, and the funding for them has has dried up. So, so many of them probably won't ever be built. And and yet, it's also true that that in relation to using the planning system as a whipping boy, that there is a backlog of about two thousand three hundred cases. Now, that's all planning appeals. It's not just. Uh, to do with housing, uh, a backlog of 2,300 cases in, in on board Planola. And that's equivalent to the number it normally disposes of in a full year. Um, but, you know, let's not forget that a total of nearly 40,000 planning applications were made in 2021. And that was the highest figure since 2008. And 88.5% of them were granted, according to the planning regulator's most recent reports. And apartments accounted for 61% of the 43,000 residential units permitted in that year. Uh, But I think it's incredible to to note that of the 16,700 houses permitted, um, that includes, you know, estate houses, of course, um, uh, you know, in the suburbs largely, 45% of them, nearly 7,500, consisted of one-off houses, uh, mainly in the countryside. And this is a staggering increase in the proportion of one-offs, um, which was less than 30% of the total output of houses.
houses in the previous three years. And even the planning regulator himself has conceded that if this trend was to continue or even to escalate, it would be in conflict with government policy, which is aimed at ensuring a more sustainable pattern of development. But Frank, isn't there also an issue that it's actually state policies that force the developers to apply for apartment blocks, that they're told they have to get a certain amount of units per acre, And because of that, they can't just build houses, that it's effectively state policy to force them upwards to build apartments, which they in turn say people can't afford to buy, which is why they sell them on then to the institutions to be built to rent. But Matt, the reason why that happened was because planning regulations were changed within the last five years. First of all, by uh, to facilitate build to rent schemes, which uh, comprise the, the majority of apartments uh, that have been permitted, uh, and secondly, uh, to allow uh, higher higher uh, uh, building heights, um, and that really changed the the whole ball game. So that so that it, what it meant really was that, you know, high rise, high density housing was being promoted by government policy, which in itself originated from lobbying from the likes of Property Industry Ireland and other. Uh, vested interest groups uh, who persuaded the government that this was the way to go. And now what's happening is that the, that the Department of Housing is, is drafting a new low-density, medium-density, medium um, low-rise uh, housing policy, uh, which will allow more own-door um, uh, um, schemes, you know, where, where people you know, would have their own front door onto the street or, or, or whatever, and, and, and that we, to get away from building apartments. So that, you know, in a way, what happened was that, that successive ministers for housing um, were sold a pup. But wasn't it the case, Kate English, or a that... a series of pubs. Yeah, but isn't the case, Kate English, though, that for environmental reasons, government wanted to move towards apartments to compress construction into smaller areas rather than having urban sprawl? And wasn't there also a move to actually try and make it that rather than having people overextending on buying and taking up big mortgages, that they were trying to encourage a rental market? Yeah, I think, uh, correct. And there's, there's a danger here that we swing back kind of completely revert back on apartment building and not delivering that type of unit to the market. We have, let's remember, the crux of the issue here is that we have undersupply. Why is that happening? It's because we have a growing population, a population that has consistently exceeded where forecasts were. Our latest census figure for 2022 was up at 5.12 million. Um, we are still one of the fastest or have a, a population that is exceeding the EU average. In order for this expanding population to be housed, we need all forms of accommodation and apartments do have a role to play in this. You also made a very good point in terms of from the environmental perspective, and this is going to continue to be a feature of the market over the next few years. Uh, And rightly so. I think the events of even the past 12 months, when we look at things from an energy perspective, show that we need to be cognizant of this. There are new directives coming from the EU all the time, the EPBD that was only approved even last week that is again pushing that development is consistent or is continually more and more environmentally friendly. We're moving from net nearly net zero to net zero delivery. So I do think we're entering into a dangerous conversation if we're only looking at one type of unit delivery. We need 
multiple different forms. Kate English from Delight, Conor O'Connell from the Irish Home Builders Association, Frank MacDonald, former environmental editor of the Irish Times. Thank you all. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today,